Well, good morning, church. It's so awesome to see you guys in the house of the Lord. Well, we're here to praise the Lord. We know it's a little bit early, but let's put our hands together and just worship Him this morning. Amen? Because He is worthy of Oh, 
know that our God is still alive today. And there is still a miracle in the works for your life. Amen. His grace, his mercy, his love endures over time. And the God that we heard in the Bible that set people free and healed the sick still lives today. And we are here to bring him praise. If you believe in that God, would you just reach up to him today and worship him and give him praise and honor and glory.
Do you believe it? Do you believe that there is revival in the church? That his church will be made alive again so that we can go out to a lost and dying world? Believe it, because it's true. Do you believe that there's a miracle in the works for you? Whatever it is you're facing, God has a miracle in the works for you. And all he's doing is waiting for you to knock down that door so he can open the door for you for your miracle. Do you believe it? Say amen and give him praise. Amen. Here's the great thing about our God, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what is true is that his love, his grace, and his mercy forms the most solid foundation on which we can thrive and live out the purpose for which we have been created. His love never fails, and that foundation will serve us forever. And because of that, he is worthy of our praise. In this place, you may be carrying a burden. You may be coming in with great joy. Whatever it is that you're facing, would you just lift it up to Christ? And seeing to him from the bottom of your heart and saying, Lord, you are worthy. Let me build my life on you. You are so worthy, Lord, that I know that in this moment I come to the foot of the cross. Hear my prayer. Hear my prayer, Lord. Hear me, Heavenly Father. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever the name above every other 
that we can build our homes upon, God, not with straw, Lord, not with hay, Lord, but with firm bricks, Lord, with steel, God. You have made a solid foundation, and you help us build our solid homes on you, God. We cannot do it without you. There is no other way, Father. So we thank you, Lord, for being the way, for being the truth, for being the light for each and every one of us, God. We thank you, Lord, for just opening up yourself to us, for opening up your kingdom to us, God, even though we didn't deserve it, Lord, we praise you for it, God. I pray, Lord, that this morning, God, that we lay down our burdens at your feet, we lay down our trophies at your feet, God, let us surrender it all to you, Lord, for your glory and yours alone. Father, I pray that those things that we've been hiding from our friends, that we've been hiding from our family, God, you still know them, Father. And I pray that you place your light on those dark spaces in our lives, God. And those dark spaces in our weeks, God. And those dark spaces in our morning, God. We invite you here. Holy Spirit, it is so evident that you have filled this room this morning, God. It is filled with praise for you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you for this time, for this safe place, God, where we know we can come to you and you're not going to reject us. You're not going to turn us away, God, but you are here with wide open arms, Father. You are here to wipe our tears away, God. You are here to rejoice with us, God. We thank you, Father, for being our Father. We thank you, Jesus, for being our friend. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our helper, God. We praise you. Lord. And it is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for our awesome, mighty God this morning. Let's go ahead and turn and greet our neighbors. Good morning, church. I know some of y'all are still saying hi and getting settled in. Um, my name is Lena Mazaranich. I'm one of the adult youth leaders for our youth team and our youth group here at New Beginnings. And this morning, I just wanted to invite um, a special friend up here. Um, can we invite our Dr. Cliff Towers from Australia up here real quick? Now, Dr. Dr. Towers... Um, you came here for, for a special reason this week. Why is that? Uh, well, I, I appreciate the, um, 
I might try to fake an Australian accent. Uh, but really, I came, I landed in the States for two reasons. Uh, one was to wish my dearly loved friend, uh, as you know him as the youth minister here, uh, a round of applause for being born because yesterday was his 22nd birthday. David. With that number of twos, you'd think he'd understand that he's too much, but no, not yet. Um, so that's reason number one. But reason number two uh, would be, for obvious reasons, uh, there seems to be a little more decoration here in the house tonight. Not only in here, but outside over there in the mall area. Uh, we just, I'm, I'm going to stop talking like that. We're, like, that's not, is he from uptown? Like, no, uh, so guys, uh, today is the first day of VBS uh, for our kids. So we're really excited for that. Guys, this is the, this, these, this is the week that uh, your kids are going to be planted with the uh, seed of the word of God. And um, if we, if we want to, if you want to go ahead and bring them today, that'll be great because today's the first day. Yeah. It's going to be today through Thursday. Um, it's going to start at 6 p.m. Uh, all the way to 845. So you got nothing to worry about throughout that little window of time. Yeah. Um, we're going to feed them snacks. We're going to uh, make them all tired. And then by the time they come home, I mean, you know, just keep praying that they're, they're going to stay tired. Yeah, so, absolutely. And VBS is open for kids aged for preschool all the way to fifth grade. So parents in the rooms, grandparents, guardians, if you have kids that are in this age group, we encourage you, bring them. And if you're worried, like, ooh, I'm only going to be able to bring them a couple days a week this week, that is okay. They are absolutely invited. If you want to register them Thursday night at 5.59 p.m., they are absolutely welcome to join us at 6. We're not worried about when they come. We're just worried that they're able to come. We want to leave our doors open for our kids, for our children here. And we want to let the little children come just as Christ did. That is, that is, that is a spirit that we want to embody here in this church. So parents, guardians, grandparents, whoever you are, if you have a cousin who has a brother-in-law, who has um, a sister that has a kid that is able to come to VBS, invite them, invite them. Chris, who are you bringing? Uh, you know what? I was going to bring myself, but um, <laughs> I took a second thought and then realized that I was also 22, so I'm actually bringing my mom's caretaker's granddaughter. She's there like my go. sister. She's not a part of my family, but hey, you can pick up a random kid too. Just do it with parents' permission, Yes. and everything yes. will be just fine. Yeah. Um, no, but seriously, try to invite somebody. Yeah, it's going to be last minute, but who knows? God's timing is always perfect, even yes. though we might think yes. it's right on the edge of our time. It's, it's definitely not for him. Absolutely. Um, but uh, another announcement that, uh, that's such a weird transition. Another announcement. In, in lieu of VVS, yeah. baptism. Wait, yes. because of his birthday. Yes. We're going to be <laughs> having baptism next week. Yes. Um, and literally for anybody that is thinking about getting baptized or anybody that has, uh, you've recently co- come to faith or anything like that, man, we want to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. And we want to come together as a church and just be happy with you. Yes. You know, and um, it's going to be next week. Uh, you could sign up for baptisms, but honestly, uh, you could do it next week, and it's going to be right after service. Um, there's going to be a baptism class, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I don't really know the details specifically on that, um, mm-hmm. but for sure, we're gonna we're gonna be um, saying that next week. And yes. um, and then directly following baptism next week, we're gonna be having our meet the pastors gathering, um, which is an absolutely awesome time. I love to get to know Pastor Richard more and more. I got always. 
I love to hear your funny stories, Pastor. They're awesome. So if anybody's in this room that hasn't met our leadership yet, we have Pastor Richard, Pastor Cindy, we have our youth director, David, and our children's director, Jessica Ramirez, who's absolutely been killing it these past few weeks just preparing for BBS. Like, if we can just give her a big hand. She has been doing so awesome. So we invite you to come to the Meet the Pastors gathering next week. Again, directly following baptism service. It's going to be out in um, conference room 106. I like to call it the fishbowl because of all the windows and everybody just kind of gets to look in. And, you know, if you're nosy, you can you can see what's going on in there. So um, we invite you. We welcome you in. And it's going to be an awesome time. Yeah. And, um, man, I mean... All of this, again, week in, week out, we proclaim it, we, we say that this is true. None of this would be possible and uh, without our tithes and offerings, our giving, our contribution, um, with which the, uh, what we run society with. I mean, this is crazy because uh, the fact, and you know, we've said it before, but uh, the thing that keeps the light running, it, it doesn't only keep the light running in here, it keeps the light of Jesus going out there. Um, but, you know, I got a new one today. Maybe a new utility bill is going to come next week. Who knows? But it's uh, where, you know, even, yes, it keeps the water running in here, but it's going to keep the living water running as well, you know? And Jesus himself um, was just the, the that living water that people need. And um, you guys are contributing to that. I'm contributing to that. Everyone here is contributing to that. And it's awesome. Multiple ways to give behind me right there on the screen. It's going to be text to give. Um, you can do on, uh, online giving, you can do through the website of the app, and you could also do physical giving through the tithing boxes, the wooden boxes right there on every exit of the sanctuary. Um, man, um, I, I got to give physical one time because I just like, uh, you know, doing different stuff all the time. Obviously, like this guy, like what's, like this guy must be a little bit, uh, I, I don't even know what I'm saying. Cut that. Yeah. I was like, I don't Anyways, know if I was trying to say a joke or whatever. Um, in but, lieu of that. Yeah, in lieu of that, yeah. Um, I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. all that we have for announcements today. So can we just give a big, warm welcome to Pastor Richard as he comes up to the pulpit? Aren't those kiddos amazing? Guys, um, I want to remind everyone that starting this Friday um, and Saturday, we're going to be having a convention here. And on Friday night at 7 o'clock, we're going to have worship and praise. And Dr. John Thurman is going to be speaking on the family, reigniting the family, to make your family stronger and better. And if your family's Diving and spiraling down, it's a great time to pull them back up. Then on Saturday, at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and 3 o'clock, he's going to do three different sessions. One, on the marriage, to really revive your marriage. Two, for single people, how the church should embrace them and help them, support them, and single people to really find your identity. And then last is going to be for the blended family. Those where you got married, uh, maybe the second time around, and you have children, she had children, he had children, and you're putting all those dynamics back together. So I hope you'll be here this Friday night, 7 o'clock, and then on Saturday, uh, we're going to have a prayer meeting in the morning, 
And I just take time to sign up. There's a table out there where you could get a lot more information. Youth, you guys be dismissed right now. Uh, I know you guys have a worship service for the youth. So sixth grade up to 12th, you're welcome to, to just follow them and go out with them and just celebrate what God is doing there. Well, guys, I started this series uh, called Sharing Jesus to a Broken and Hurting World and how we are really supposed to interact with this broken and hurting world, minister to it and share with them and minister the love of Jesus. Today, I wanna talk about representing Jesus to a broken and hurting world, to really truly represent him and the way we live and the way we function and carry ourselves out. And there's people that are doing that. One of them is Renee Chavez Mayas. She is uh, the co-director for Frontline Resurrection Ministry. She's making a real big difference, so much so that she was given a national award this past week. They only give five out a year, and she was chosen to receive the Esther Holderby Community Health Workers Award. So, Renee, we love you. Thank you. Congratulations. And then several years ago, there was a young man that had gone through some really challenging times in life, very difficult, painful times in life. And it became so painful that he was medicating himself with alcohol and ultimately drugs and his life spiraled downward out of control. He came across New Beginnings Church and then he came across under his construction rehabilitation ministry that's an extension of us. And he graduated that program. Then he went on to Bible college and he graduated there. And then he met this beautiful young lady that swept him off his feet. And together they became this powerhouse couple as they got married and God blessed them with some children. And then they moved to Indiana where they planted a church. It is my pleasure to introduce to you Pastor Tim Gallagher, would you please welcome him? He's gonna share a few words about the ministry there. Tim, it's such a joy to have you with us, brother. Such a joy. Love you. Is this on? Yes, I believe so. There we go. Forgive me. My wife and I moved away from here uh, five years ago. This is only our first or second chance to come back since moving to Indiana to, uh, to plant Pioneer Faith. And uh, I had a chance to come back and, and uh, uh, talk to some of the brothers at under his construction and meet with Chris. And I just wanted to get up here and say a few words about how much your encouragement helps the men and women in these homes. You may not know this, but a kind smile, a shake of the hand, your time, your energy, your mentorship, your friendliness can change a life. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear your brother's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
I'm a standing testimony here, not of what I have done, because I can do nothing, but what God has done through me. And it started right here, almost a decade ago. And God is, I was, <laughs> I was just told today, one of my favorite verses I always come back to is John 10.10, 10, right? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I come that you may have life and life more abundant. And he, he came to me and he says, you know, you know, Tim, I don't want this life. I, you don't want this life that you've had. You've never had a life. I'm going to give you a completely new life. Made and created in me. For me, by me, through me, and to me. And so as I stand up here today, I don't stand up here with any accolades of myself. But I say thank you. Because if it wasn't for your kindness, if it wasn't for your generosity... We're getting ready to do our very first VBS this year when we get back in August. Pioneer Faith started in my home with seven people who wanted to gather, glean, and grow. We wanted to gather together. We wanted to glean the word. and We wanted to grow disciples. And now we're averaging about 60 to 65. God is doing some amazing things. And we are being missionaries and evangelists to a hurting and broken world. Thank you so much for your time. And that's so exciting to hear that they left Albuquerque and they took a little piece of Albuquerque with them. And they're planting lives and touching lives there in Indiana. And if you remember, Jaime Cervantes was here a few months ago. And Jaime is in Michigan and you guys are about 40 minutes away, you said? 40 minutes, 30 miles. And, uh, man, so they've been encouraging each other. They're able to get together once in a while to just to challenge each other and, and motivate each other. Father, thank you so much for Pastor Tim, for Dew and their children. I pray continue anointing. Father God, when he feels down, might you lift him up. When, Father God, you fill his cup to overflowing, might he just minister out of that overflow. Father God, encourage him, speak to him, challenge him. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Praise the Lord, brothers. Love you. I know you guys were in first service, and I know you have a lot of obligations. So if you need to leave, we understand. Uh, they, that way they don't have to be tortured with a whole second sermon. <laughs> but, uh, but continue to pray for them. Continue to encourage them, amen. Well, guys, I, I really believe it's very important that we represent Jesus because we live in such a divided time. Uh, everyone is just at each other for some of the weirdest things anymore. There's a lot of difficulty. We live in a very challenging, difficult time where people are literally on top of each other. And when we love, love conquers all. It's important that we love and care. And even though we don't completely come together on everything, that we definitely stay together with Christ's love. Because his love just overpowers the greatest obstacle. And we represent Jesus. And when we do that, and we represent his kingdom to a lost and dying world, amazing things happen. I'm going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So if you have your Bible, that's where we're going to be. And We've got to understand one of the first things I want to bring out from the passage we're going to read 
starting at verse 16, is that when we represent Jesus to a broken and hurting world, we see through a whole new perspective. We see through a whole new perspective. Let's just look at that. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Let's just stop right there. You see, we're not supposed to judge each other. But the Bible says when we judge, use righteous judgment. In other words, I'm supposed to take the word of God and say the word of God, your life doesn't seem to align with the word of God. So I'm not coming at you like I'm better than you. I'm just saying I was all messed up and my life finally is aligning more and more with the word of God. And I want yours because we have a tendency to look at each other from a human point of view and we challenge each other and but we see each other like that and a lot of times we're completely wrong in evaluating people and it says once at one time we thought of Christ merely as a human point of view so we looked at Christ some people look at him as a prophet they look at him as a rabbi they look at him as a great teacher but they don't see him as God and God incarnate where God became a human being and he says how differently we know him now. Man, if you've come to know Jesus, this is what it says. This means, verse 17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, has become a new creature, has become a new creation. And this old life is gone and a new life has begun. So God, help us to truly understand that. Let us grab a hold of your truth today. And let it grab a hold of us, I pray in Christ's name, amen. So he's saying there that when we're in Christ, we have a new life. When we are in Christ, when we receive him as Savior and Lord, we have a new perspective. He changes the lens of our vision. We see life differently. We don't go around just judging and condemning and seeing life as just worthless and useless. And we don't see people like that. But instead, we really see them as having value and that God wants to elevate their life. God wants to use us to elevate their life. And we need to understand that we have a new perspective on how to see the world. Because now we see it through God's eyes. He saw the world so much that he said, I love the world so much that I gave my only begotten son that whoever believes in him would have everlasting life. They're not gonna perish. They're gonna have hope. They're gonna have new life because they have a new perspective and we have that new perspective and God is recreating this world that we live in. He's recreating it through us because we go around and we plant seeds of hope. We plant seeds of love. We plant seeds of encouragement. We plant seeds of, of faith and love and hope and, and all these things that challenge and inspire people. And through that, we get closer and closer to the Lord and we become, become more and more like him. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31, he goes on to say, those who use the things of the world should not, become attached to them because he says, for this world as we know it will soon pass away. So he's saying, put your heart, put your thoughts, put your treasures where the Lord is, where moth and thief and rust can't get to it because where your heart is, there's your treasure and where your treasure is, there's your heart. And he's saying it's so important that we understand that the things of this earth, they're gonna be gone. 
they're going to pass away. And this earth is going to come to an end someday. And if we don't get to see the end of the world, I'm telling you, you and I are going to die someday and it's going to be the end of our world. And we're going to go on to another place. And you're either going to go to heaven or hell. And I, I don't know about you, I'm trying to do everything according to God's word to make sure I end up in heaven because that's where I want to be with him. It's amazing how people look at you and, 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 and evaluate you on human terms. It's amazing. Some of the letters and comments and, and, and things people say to me or write me about, and I'm like, my goodness gracious. People have written me before, I can't believe you're not wearing a suit. Others say, I can't believe you always wear a suit. You ought to put on some casual clothes. Uh, some people say, man, this, you, know, you, you ought to be able to just wear, if anything, just wear a sports coat. Others say, no, you always ought, ought to have a suit. Others say, no, you ought to wear jeans. Oh, no, you ought to do this. You ought to do that. The one lady walked up to me and said, Pastor, that was one of the most powerful sermons I ever heard you preach. It was amazing. But man, it would have been so much better if you had a tie on. I'm like, wow, I didn't know the anointing was in the tie. Otherwise, I'd wear it. Or maybe I'd just hang myself with it. I don't know. It's like, people are funny. Some people have said, why don't you wear skinny jeans? Let me tell you what I would look like with skinny jeans. Look, that would be me. Like, I don't want to look like, you don't want to see me in skinny jeans. You'd be like, hola there, man. Espanta, he scares me. You see, God gives us a new perspective. We start seeing things differently. We start seeing the down and outer as needing Jesus instead of being losers. We say they need Jesus. I got to help them. I got to minister to them. I got to lift them up. We start seeing people as someone that needs the spiritual renewal, that need the power of God. We need to start changing our perspective that God really help us to understand and change the way we see things and change the way we see people. That we start seeing them as people that are made in his image and that they need Jesus. And they need, and we need, we might be the only Jesus they ever see. And it's important that they see a real person. Sometimes people go, I don't go to church because it's filled with a bunch of hypocrites. I don't think everyone here is a hypocrite, but I think we have some hypocrites among us. I haven't always been perfect, and neither have you. But I told this guy one time, he goes, oh, the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. I go, you know what? That's okay. We have room for you too. <laughs> Do you know how many people that you hang out with are a bunch of hypocrites? You go to school with them, you go to work with them, you hang out with them, you're in bowling or softball or whatever, and they're a bunch of two-faced people. But you still go there. Let me tell you something. God has a way of changing your perspective and you start seeing life different. You start seeing people different. You start seeing yourself different. And God raises you up and he gives you value and you start seeing how he wants to use you for his glory. And it's important that we do that. And it's important that we see that. And it's important that we believe that. And as we do that, we bring glory to God. And as we do that, we bring hope and promise and strength. And we continue to see God use us. 
like Jim said, up there in Indiana, he went and they started off with seven people. And now they're going to about 65. That's an exciting, challenging time. Might they continue to grow for the glory of God as they see life through a new perspective. Second thing we need to see that when we represent Jesus to a broken and hurting world, that we represent, uh, that we're sent on a mission of reconciliation. That God sends us on a mission. Once we come to understand our role, once we become a new creation, once we become a new person, once you and I become in Christ, we become that new person and we radiate the glory of God. We radiate his love. And because we do that, God gives us a mission and he says, you are now ministers of reconciliation. Now go reconcile people back to God and people back to one another. That's not always easy. That's challenging. Sometimes people are broken. They're hurting. They're going through a difficult time and they don't feel like hearing about Jesus. They're kind of bugged with him. They kind of like, man, I don't know if I want to hear about this right now. Because when bad things happen to people, one of the first ones that they blame is God. And you know what? God's a big boy. He can handle you. He can handle your anger. He could handle your frustration. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19, he says right there, and all of this is a gift from God who bought, brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. So he's given us this task to reconcile people back to him. It says, for God was in Christ. He's in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. He's called us to bring people back to him. He's called us to bring people back to God, to bring them at peace with God. We don't realize when we don't have God, we are literally at war with him. God gives us a free will. Yesterday afternoon, I, I had got back from a prayer meeting and, and all of a sudden I get a phone call and, and, and they said, please come over here. And it's a young lady that I've known since she was 13 and she's you know in her mid-30s now. And her husband was murdered. It'll be a week tomorrow. And he was murdered right down the street from here. And he was trying to break up a fight. And next thing you know, somebody got a gun. And as he's walking away, he saw the gun. He's like, I'm out of here. They shot him twice in the back. And he passed away. And this man had been transformed. His life had been completely transformed. And as I'm sitting there with her and some of her family members, She's so angry. She's angry because there's a lot of anger involved in death. And she's really angry at God. Like, where was he? What happened? Why did he let this happen? My husband was had changed his life and become a businessman here in this city and, and had really impacted the community right there on 4th Street between uh, Cole and, and Bridge. And, and lives were changed because of this young man. She's like, why does this happen? And I said, God didn't have anything to do with it. 
I go, God puts us on this earth and he doesn't make us robots. If we were robots, then we would do his will without fail and you, we would just be, but we, would, we wouldn't even be able to have a choice. But instead, he puts us on this earth and he says, you know what? I give you a choice here today, life or death. Oh, that you would choose life. Oh, that you would choose the way of God. Oh, that you would do it the right way. So you want to be reconciled to God. And I said, listen, I go, it grieves me that you're hurting. And I feel broken because he's gone. But I'm telling you, God isn't the one here. And it's okay to be angry at God. She goes, oh my God, I can't even believe you said that. And I go, yes. I go, I know you gotta be angry at God. She goes, yeah, I feel like, ooh, why did he do this? And I'm talking to her and I go, look, God's a big boy. He's a big God. He could handle our emotions because sometimes we're so angry at him. It's like a kid, I told her, if he wants a candy and you don't give him the candy, I hate you, mama. And then by the time you get to the parking lot, I love you, mom, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Or your daughter or son is like 13 to 15 and they want to go to the movies with their friends and you say, okay, but you got to be home by 10. 10, oh, I hate you. And then they calm down, I love you, I'm sorry. I go, it's okay, God understands our emotions. But we have to understand that our job is to reconcile people back to God, to reconcile back to him, to bring him and reconcile people. Because God was reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them because we put our sins on the Lord. It says the wages of sin is death. So Jesus died for us. The cross, I I love that cross. That's a cross from our old church. And we brought it over here and I like it. They change the colors and it's all beautiful. And people are like, what a beautiful cross. You know what's really interesting? We call the cross beautiful. Like a lot of you have, I I have a cross. And a lot of you have a cross. And you know what's really funny is that a cross used to be a symbol of shame. It was embarrassing to know that a family member of yours had died on the cross. That was like the biggest black mark that could possibly be. It It was really shameful. And yet God, when he touches anything, he turns it from shame to glory. He changes it from old to new. He transforms it. It's all brand new again. And we don't understand that all the time. And we need to be those ministers. We need to be truly just on that mission of reconciling people. And we say, thank you, Lord, that you do that. And it also, if we're, we're going to keep doing that and represent Jesus, the third thing is we represent Jesus to a broken and hurting world And we, as we become ambassadors of Christ. We truly have that title of ambassadors. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, he says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So he's saying, you represent me and you represent the kingdom of God. And so when you speak, you're truly showing people what I'm about. You're showing people my love. You're showing people my tolerance. You're showing people how I wanna lavish them with the gift of eternal life. And he goes, you're my ambassadors. I'll never forget one of the times I was in New York and, and I saw all these black limousines 
and they have the little flags on the front. And I'm like, wow, what's that? They go, they're, they're headed to the United Nations and, and those are all ambassadors. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And people are getting out with all their different dress. I mean, people from Uganda are all dressed up in these fancy outfits and on and on and some in their suits and from Argentina and Uganda and just on and all over the world. And you got to understand when an ambassador, they're representing their country. They represent that country. So in the United States, we have people that we have appointed as ambassadors. And they're sent to a different country and they live or their offices are at an embassy. So if you ever get in any trouble in a foreign country, make sure you find your way to the United States embassy. Because when you step foot on the embassy, that is not really the soil of that foreign country. That is considered U.S. territory. So that's why at that embassy, every day they have Marines guarding them. And every day they lift a flag and they salute it. And at the close of the day, they take it down. And that's American soil. And that ambassador, when he speaks, that's why they have to be so careful what they say because they are speaking on behalf of the president of the United States and they're speaking on behalf of truly supporting the constitution of the United States. And so they literally represent who we are. And it's important that we understand that we're Christ's ambassadors. So we represent who he is. So let me ask you this, are people getting it? Are they seeing it? Are they understanding it? I'll never forget my sister 39 years ago. I had been here, we had been here a year and my sister called me up 39 years ago and she goes, hey, we'd love to go visit you and Cindy. I go, yeah, who's we? She goes, me and my boyfriend. I go, okay, well, if you're going to stay in my house, you have to stay in separate bedrooms. And she goes, that's cool. And I go, who's your boyfriend? She goes, Spanky. I go, Spanky, like Joaquin Ramos Spanky? She goes, yeah. I go, dude, I was, he was one of my fraternity brothers. So I knew Spanky before her. I'm the one that introduced them. I didn't know they were dating. They hadn't told me. So I'm like, wow, yeah, bring them on up here. And he, she told, as they drove up, she goes, hey, look, we're going to go visit Richard and Cindy, but we can't stay in the same bedroom. And he goes, why not? We're living together. I go, well, according to the word of God and the way he interprets it, you guys can't live together. You're not supposed to be shacking up. So all of a sudden, she, he said, your brother's a minister? He goes, yeah, he's a pastor. What? What kind of con is he pulling? So he didn't like, what in the world? But back then we used to have a Friday night Bible study every Friday night. And, you know, he, they came up and they went to Bible study. They went to Sunday service. We had morning and night service. They went on Wednesday night. They got to meet a bunch of people. They were here for 10 days on day number like six or seven. He gave his life to Jesus. I led both of them to the Lord. Now, he was a Zen Buddhist. He was in the Zen Buddhism. And he would get his little book out and 
prayer and I get my big book out and pray. <laughs> and before you know it, he said, dude, I, I thought you were pulling some kind of scam, dude. I, you were all messed up. I can't, you've changed so much. I go, no, it's God who changed me. And it's Christ who's in me. He transformed my life. Well, he accepted the Lord. They were here for 10 days. And on the way down back to El Paso, he goes to my sister. He goes, you know, your brother told us we're not supposed to live together and we're not supposed to do that. And if we're gonna make this for real, we can't go back and live together. So he said, will you marry me? And she said, yeah, I've been waiting for you to ask. (laughs) Then they went through premarital counseling. I had the privilege of marrying them months later. They've been married now for 39 years. He's an elder in his church there in El Paso. They took it. They saw it. They, They were transformed because of it. You see, in Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek the kingdom of God first, above all else. He says, and live righteously. So seek the kingdom and then live righteously. And sometimes we go, I don't know how to do that. He says, and God will give you everything you need. So if you don't have the power to live righteously, because you know what? I know I don't. But now he gives me his Holy Spirit that he gives me strength to overcome the sin and the sin temptation in my life and I can live righteously. And you can too. And we have to trust him as representatives of the kingdom. Are people seeing that in your life? Are they seeing you as a changed man or woman? Are they seeing you as transformed? Are they seeing you as completely sold out to God? Are they seeing you live differently? Are they seeing you shine your light for Jesus? Paul the apostle was in prison. And he wasn't in prison for messing up and domestic violence or, or burglary. or No, he was in prison for preaching the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. He was preaching. And in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, he says this, and pray for me too. He goes, ask God to give me the right words so I can speak boldly, so I can boldly explain God's mystery and his mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. And then he says, I am in chains now. So he's saying, here I'm a prisoner, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. I might be locked up for preaching Jesus But I'll tell you, it hasn't changed how I feel. I love him, I serve him, and I represent him in everything that I do. So pray that I keep on preaching, speaking boldly for him as I should. Man, that's what we need to do. We need to truly represent him. We truly need to show that, you know what? We've been transformed. We truly need to show that God has redeemed us. We truly need to show that we are no longer as we once were, because I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a new person in Christ because he's given me the ministry of reconciliation. And we say, praise the Lord. God is so good. Thank you, Jesus. 
And really the fourth thing that I want to say is that we represent Jesus to a broken and hurting world because of the cross. That's because what Jesus did for us on the cross. Man, he's changed our life. He transformed us and turned us around. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering of our sin. Why? The wages of sin is death. So Jesus said, hey, I'm going to die for you. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. So he's saying, I want you to know that you've been made right because of the cross. You've been made right because of the Lord. You've been made right. And I am yours and you are mine. You've been made right. Because we're all messed up. Thursday night, we, I, I've been doing this Bible study. And Thursday night was our last night for this session. Then we're going to have a few weeks off and then start up again. And Thursday night, there was 15 of us in the room across the hall, and, and we, were, we had been studying together, growing together, and so we had a, a dinner and testimony. And man, it was an amazing time of sharing God's power and his goodness and his mercy. And all of a sudden, about 12 guys had already shared their testimony. And this guy stood up, and he stood up, and he goes, Wow. You guys are all messed up, man. (laughs) And then he said, but you know what? I'm looking at myself in every one of you. And I told him at the end, I said, you know what, man? Every testimony that was shared tonight, the common denominator was pain. Every one of us had gone through challenging, painful times. Yet God in his infinite wisdom reached us, touched us, transformed us, and made us new. You see, he changes everything because we become his. In Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, all of us like sheep, all of us, all of us are like sheep. Sheep are really dumb animals. If one goes off the cliff, the other ones, they follow. They follow each other. Isn't that how we are? We do dumb things. We see our friends do dumb things. We see people in our community do dumb things. And what do we do? We're right there alongside of them says, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We've strayed. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. So Jesus Christ took all of our sin so that you and I can have a new life, a transformed life, a redeemed life, a life that's truly glorifying God, a life that is truly elevating everybody around us, including us. He lifts us up. We're his. We're committed to him. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for, uh, for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old, our old life. He died for everyone so that those who have received this new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So he's saying, you know what? When we come to Christ, we die to our old self. 
And now the new life that Jesus has given us is the one living. And that's why we have baptism service. Because you're telling the whole world, I am now his and he's mine. It's like a wedding. Baptism is like a Christian marriage. Because at a wedding, you come down the aisle and she comes down the aisle and you tell the whole world, hey, from now on, she's my one and only and he's my one and only. So if you ever see me with another woman or you see me with another man, you have the right to come up to me and say, hey, man, what are you doing? You said before all of us at your wedding that you were now committed to her and only her. You were committed to him and only him. And so a marriage ceremony is literally the death of your single life, but not of you. Because you continue to live your character, your joy, your personality. All those things continue to accent the relationship. But you're no longer living for yourself. You're living for each other. And that's what this is saying. That I no longer live. It's Christ who lives in me. I got rid of my old life. And I have now embraced a new life which is in Christ. A new life that he's calling me to. A new life that he wants me to live. And this is what it's all about. And sometimes people have wanted it, but they've never accepted it. So they know God, they love God, but they've never introduced themselves to God and received God as their Savior. And if you have never done that, you really should. And if you have done that, then you need to say, God, I want to renew my walk because sometimes I start leaning to the left or to the right instead of walking straight like you want me to. So if you've never accepted Christ, you've never received him as your Savior and Lord, and you want to do that, raise your hand. Say, Pastor, I want to do that. Amen. Amen. Anybody? Praise God. Anyone else? Anybody want to give their life to Christ? To say, man, I want to do that. So, man, it's exciting. So if you raise your hand, I want to pray with you. And I want to encourage you. And I really want to just challenge you to continue to live for the Lord. So if you raised your hand, would you stand so we could pray with you? We're going to pray with you. It's an amazing time. It's a gathering time. So say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, from this day forward, I want to live for you. Forgive me of my sins. I really want to be a new person. I want the old to pass away and new things to come. Lord, make me new. Let me forgive the way you have forgiven me. Renew us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, if you prayed that, come on up here. I'd like to give you just a high five and to encourage you. If you did that, coming up, because Pastor Eddie's over here, and he's got some material we want to give you and celebrate with you. Man, brother, we're excited. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, mijita. Oh, my gosh, we're so excited for you guys. Praise God. Anyone else? Well, then, would all of us stand I don't know where you stand. I don't know if you've been half-stepping it. I don't know if you've been kind of, oh, I I mean, I I love God, but God, I don't have to get all that serious. 
And your life is showing that. You're trying to serve two masters and you can't. So today I really encourage us to take a good look at ourselves. Examine ourselves and see where we are. And then say, God, would you totally transform my life? Would you change me and make me new? You might have another need that has nothing to do with today's sermon. You're battling cancer. Your marriage has fallen apart. Your home is at war. You're going through some real challenging times. I encourage you to come up and pray. Let this song minister to us. Let's sing it out. And if you do want prayer, make your way up. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we can ever breathe. We live for you.
Heavenly Father, we are so incredibly grateful for your love. We're so incredibly grateful for your faithfulness. God, even when we're not faithful, you are there. Father, you never leave us. You don't turn away from us. You don't reject us. You're always reaching out to us to love on us, to pull us out of the worst situation and make us new. Father God, I just pray for an outpouring of your spirit right now. For those watching online and those that are here with us, that Lord, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding would fall upon us and to heal the situations we face. Father, I pray that Lord God, you would do a supernatural work and that Lord, you would minister powerfully to each one of us here today. Father, let us not leave your presence when we leave here. Let us take that which you have imparted into our hearts and Lord, see it come out in the way we live. So restore us, Lord. Make us new. Empower us with your loving grace. I pray in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, amen. Church, praise the Lord. Hey. Would you celebrate someone with me today? Our drummer, Javier Gonzalez, competed in the New Mexico bodybuilding competition yesterday, and he came in second place. Yeah. Proud of you, Javier. All those drums really muscled him up, man. <laughs> we love you, church. Don't forget Vacation Bible School. Pray for them. Encourage them. Those that signed up to volunteer Make sure you show up. God bless you.